got a brand new walk Make you real happy So let's declare the dance It's called the Chantati Start to coast. I take a look on down at nothing particularly. It's a shock You're listening to Ink Studs, and my guest this week is Jason Overby. Uh, Jason's new book, uh, From the Fine Folks at Grid Lords in Portland, 
uh, is uh, Being Being, a uh, collection of um, a short story collection of uh, previous mini comics and other stuff. Is there new stuff in the book, or is it all stuff you've done for mini comics? Yeah, the first strip in it, uh, the the being being is uh, is new. It's a it's a pretty short one. It's like eight nine pages, um, but I drew it for the book specifically. Should I be saying the being being and not being being? It's both. It's <laughs> totally fine for it to be ambiguous. I kind of the strip itself is definitely the being being, but um, I I like for it to be ambiguous. Okay, I I, I like that. <laughs> um, now. I was. Uh, we were just talking a couple minutes ago uh, before we started about kind of. Uh, I remember seeing Jason's work uh, a number of years ago because he'd sent me this mini, and it really stuck out to me um, because it was extremely different from a lot of the other stuff I was seeing at the time. And that was probably the earlier days of the ink. So it's like probably within the first three years. So I wasn't really delving as deep into the the avant garde uh, works. Um, but they really stuck out to me in a way where, um, I'm trying to think of the good terms to use, just how um, playing with the medium you were and playing in a way that's um, not obvious, I don't know, I can't even think of the right terms, like it's just, you're really taking a lot of chances with your comics, and so I remember getting that, being really excited, and you sent me other mini comics, and you do all these weird collagey things in the front of the envelope um, with your stamps. I'm presuming it's a stamp you use. Yes. <laughs> uh, and they always really excite me. And then uh, recently, Sean Christensen from Grid Lords uh, emailed me and said, "Hey, I'm doing a, a Jason book. Uh, do you want to check it out?" And I'm like, "Hell yeah!" Uh, so it's nice to see this collection um, out. How is it for you, kind of revisiting all this work? and kind of making a book out of it where before it seemed like pretty smaller print runs, mini comic, just kind of expressing yourself and getting it out there. I, I mean, I think it's great. I, I feel like, um, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and, and it's super tiny, small press. Uh, and this is just like a summation of all that stuff that existed before. Um, and is is a way to really birth it in in a way that making a mini comic um, doesn't serve that same function. And so now it's out in the world. It's cool. Um, I I feel good about it. I like the work still. And so I'm just excited. I'm, I was really appreciative. Um, I've known Sean for I don't know quite a few years, and. Uh, I was really appreciative when he approached me to publish this. I was really excited about it. So it's been, it's just been fun. He said that like, um, when he's kind of pitching me to, to cover this as one of his favorite cartoons. And, um, it's interesting to see, cause there's, there's more, I see more work like what you're doing now, but maybe not necessarily then. Um, did you think of anyone like that, that was producing some of the stuff when you're first starting out? I mean, there's people who do things that, you know, if, you know, if the, if maybe if what you're talking about is having more of like a disjunctive type style where imagery is kind of more free form and more expressive, there's definitely obviously Gary Panter, um, who somebody was somebody that 
uh, hit me. I mean, I was aware of him when I was in high school, which was in the early '90s. Um, but I I never really got it until you know like the late '90s, early 2000s, um, and really fell hard for that stuff. Um, so there's definitely Gary Pancher, um, Fort Thunder guys, just in terms of of like being expressive in their style. Um, somebody like Jim Drain. Um, I mean, obviously, like like the really obvious people, um, Brian Chippendale, uh, mm-hmm. Matt Brinkman, but but Jim Drain, um, and then Jason Miles, huge influence on me when I saw his first mini um, that I saw, which was called Airdrome, that I bought from him at, at Ape, and I think it was like 2003 or 2004, and I just thought it was really cool, and I. And after that, I sought out his stuff, and he had little strips in a magazine out of, I think it was out of L.A., called Arthur. Um, and then in random places, I would see it. But definitely, I mean, he, Jason Miles is still one of my favorite cartoonists, uh, really innovative stylistically. Um, his newest mini from um, 2D is amazing. Uh, but, yeah, so, so just those... Those are the folks that were really influencing me in terms of like the imagery that I was using um, and the way that I put the comics together. Now, uh, I was thinking when you mentioned Panther, you're both from Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, is and kind of weirdo artists coming out of Texas? Is there something there? I don't know. I I feel like so. So I went to UT. Um, and I went to UT, University of Texas in Austin, like very soon after Chris Ware was there. Oh, okay. um, yeah, so I had professors who knew Chris, uh, who would refer to him. Um, and, uh, and so that was interesting. I definitely, I, I was a big fan of Chris Ware at that time. Um, thought he was amazing. And... Also, one of my teachers was Peter Saul. Do you know who he is? He's like a pop artist. Um, I don't know. He he he's a pop artist, almost like in the vein, you know, a proto imagist, um, like mm-hmm. the Harry Hu type guys, um, kind of in that vein. But yeah, I don't I don't know what it is. The the only thing that I can think of is Texas in is a very what I think of as a postmodern place. The grossest parts of modernity all exist in Texas. And so getting weird, um, for me, growing up probably was a reaction against that. Um, it was really, really boring in the suburbs of Dallas-Fort Worth where I grew up. And so, you know, having friends who are into interesting music and art um, and, like, you know, indie comics, uh, that type of, and underground comics... Uh, that was really important to me growing up. Were you, uh, when you went to art school, were you necessarily specifically interested in comics or was there other uh, mediums that you're thinking of at the time? So I, I've always been into comics. Um, I, when I was in high school, I worked at a comic store for a few years. Um, went, went to college primarily wanting to do comics, but I never really um, did uh, did much comics work. 
Um, I think I was just too scared to do it. It just seemed daunting to me. So I did a lot of figure drawing, um, some ceramics, some, you know, I don't know, insulation art, that kind of stuff. Um, but probably figure drawing more than anything. And I think it was because at the time I just thought, well, this is my only chance to get this in, um, get a lot of this in while my parents are paying for me to be in school. So I might as well take advantage of it. I like when look, thinking about your comic work, you go far away from figure drawing as you can, it seems like. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Um, one of the things I was thinking about is just, uh, I think it's, I can't remember which strip it was in, where it's like the bodies are, well, a lot of them, the bodies are so uh, pulled apart where you just have like these fragments that make up the body or make up the face. Yeah, I think... I think um, when when I think of drawing, I, I think a lot of, you know, like what, what information you're trying to communicate and also like how expressive can you be. And so um, in a lot of um, drawings that I do or, or the way that I think um, that, that something that I think is really interesting about comics is as long as you have one or two signifying elements um, about a character or an object, then you can move through a lot of different versions of that and have it still seem like that character or that object. And so I try to uh, try to push that as far as I can go and um, and just see how how you know abnormal it can be while still retaining those qualities that make it seem like it's still referring to the same person or thing. I was thinking of um, Gary Panter and Jimbo in Paradise. He has this uh, part with the horse. Oh, man, yeah. And and that's kind of right with that word. Like, it's this, I don't know, five or six page sequence where the horse is drawn a completely different way each time. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I connected to that, but it kind of jumped out to me. It's kind of like a similar idea of like approaching something in a different way. Uh, and having a different idea come back to you through that. Well, and I think I think also, um, you know, I grew up with a lot of comics, uh, and um, and I being in art school probably more than anything just turned me on to a lot of different types of way or or a lot of different ways of drawing, and um, you know, especially maybe i don't know longer ago but probably still now i i get i get a little frustrated in comics um with how conservative uh the approach tends to be with in terms of representation mm-hmm. and um because really as long as people understand what you're what's going on it you can represent things in whatever way you want and there's so many modes um that exist uh, to represent, you know, a figure or a car or whatever, um, that it seems a shame to be so tied to what's been done historically or, um, you know, what people think of as comics um, or the way, you know, Kurt Swan would draw or something like that, which is beautiful <laughs> and amazing, but but not everything, you know, not everything should be drawn like that. and And so a lot of it was getting that out of my system too, just trying to be like, well, what, what can you do? 
um, like how 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 can we how can I make things um, different or more interesting? Um, one of the more obvious things um, where you kind of approach in different ways is thinking of is the uh, still life with Kanye West mm-hmm. uh, comic strip, uh, where I'm really interested because you'll do you did I don't know was it like three pages, and then another three pages is the same thing, but it's just the text. Mm-hmm, from the previous mm-hmm. and i'm wondering about how that juxtaposition plays between the two so that um that was a lot of a dialogue between scott longo and i where i had originally sent um the the first version of it um that's more you know more drawing based and uh and um and then and there's like a spread in the middle of it that's kind of intense and then and then you know while i was doing that i started getting really into making it more formal um using photoshop taking instead of having letters that were hand drawn having letters that are stamped and moving them around so that the design is interesting and so again it it um the way that it operated in the second one uh, or the second version is that the letters um, each the letters uh, are all stamped, but depending on who's speaking, they're different colors. So there's no imagery in terms of people, but the uh, the 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 color of the letters tells you that it's a different person speaking. And ideally, you could follow that and understand that um, what's going on. Um, but but Scott. Scott's great, and he's a great person uh, to work with as an editor um, because he has a lot of helpful suggestions, and that was that was kind of a, a mix of him liking both versions and then uh, us just deciding to publish all of it as one strip instead of publishing only one version or the other version. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things you'd sent me uh was to a website uh 2101 um which is a photo comic that you did and i'm incredibly fascinated by it um for a million different things um i hadn't seen it before i didn't know you'd you'd done that and it plays such a different role than the rest of your stuff because it's based in objects instead of um, just the surface page and I'm wondering about how putting this together how you played with these objects and kind of what kind of narrative you wanted to get out of it putting it together. so totally so um, I uh, how it started was um, Blaze Larmy um, who I haven't talked to in a long time but um, uh, he and I are friends we had a, a comics blog together long ago called Comets Comets and he was making a strip at the time uh, and I think I think it was called 2001 Mm -hmm. Um, but it was it was really beautiful his drawings are amazing and he does such a good job of taking advantage of whatever medium he's using to inhabit it in a way that just that feels really seamless and elegant and I'm very rarely seamless or elegant, but <laughs> that's not really my strong suit. 
<laughs> but um, but I wanted I wanted to create something that was really medium specific, and at the time I I really was getting into um, the idea of I was I was really into to Brian Eno, and I liked the idea of the end result uh, of the work being the work instead of you know whatever all the things that led up to it, and so I wanted to do do a photo comic that was not about drawing at all. It was only about, you know, getting it out there quickly. And so I would uh, have these, these, I would set up, you know, little diorama or um, collages uh, and create this, this narrative mainly out of text. Um, and, and what I would do, I would go into my studio and every day I would just, I would have kind of a basic plan of what the overall narrative was supposed to be and 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 maybe like like uh a few I don't know like several panels worth of information that I knew that I was going to try to um to communicate and I would just use that as a jumping off point and uh and set up these little diorama with text and then just take a ton of pictures and find the one that was like the decisive moment that I thought was like a really interesting design um and uh and then use that as a panel in the strip and um yeah i uh it, and it kind of got rambling after a while <laughs> but but i still i thought it was a cool experiment and um just an interesting way of thinking about comics again instead of instead of drawing and the tools of like you know um india ink and uh hunt 102 nib pen and pencils and and bristol board like instead of all the trappings of comics that that have nothing really to do with comics other than historically people have used those to make comics i wanted to it's all based to, on photography yeah, exactly. It's totally. It's based on how the way that people had to print comics. Um, and so instead of that, which I still use many of those tools uh, right now, but instead of that, I wanted to use new technology. Um, I had an iPhone, and uh, and you know how can I utilize that to make what I considered a comic? Um, and uh, I don't know. I think it turned out. It's at least a cool experiment. I think it it was a success. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I got a lot out of it, um, and I was showing it to my girlfriend last night, who has absolutely no interest in comics, um, and she's really fascinated by just the the photography of it, even on itself, like how you um, set up the dioramas and how you light the dioramas. Um, like there's so much involved there beyond. Just here is an image, um, w w which I'm really um, jumping into and loving. Well, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I definitely thought a lot about that, and um, you know, the image itself being being the final result. A lot of the things that made up those dioramas exist in a bag in my studio right now it's almost just like a bag of garbage that i use to make to collage things uh but um yeah it it uh 
I don't know. I, I, I just wanted to play around, play around with stuff and, and get weird. How important is the story when you're, as you say, getting weird uh, with something like think, that? So with that, I don't think the story was very important at all. I think it was more like a pastiche or, or not even really a pastiche, but just like, like kind of this, this version of all the pop culture and all the just culture that I've taken in over the course of my life and just kind of like throwing it up and mm-hmm. in, in it artfully. Um, and, and, you know, whereas other things, um, like other strips that I've done, the story is actually really important. Um, that was more about the form and playing around with form and then just, just kind of like gaudy, um, uh, subject matter, like related to like horror movies and science fiction movies and, you know, all that kind of trash culture that's super compelling and interesting, um, but just kind of all mashed together. Now, one of the things I'm really interested with that is how um, the interaction you have between the objects and the story, um, especially when you pick particular things. Not even necessarily objects in the story, but objects uh, in the comic, object, how these objects play a role in this thing like uh there's one where i saw like you had a sideways photo of uh, paper rad uh yeah and, and <laughs> making that choice to put you know you didn't have a lot of photos of people in there but there's a photo of paper rad put sideways um where they're all kind of facing into the distance in one direction um and other times where you'll have like a jack kirby panel and you'll have i think you had your own text above the panel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. totally um, yeah so I don't know well, what my question there is, but you can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it's like, like just things that spoke to me and they're, you know, often the way that I approach, um, rep, like making images is less about having them relate to the story or having them, uh, have any sort of meaning associated with them. Um, and more just being an interesting image. Like the paper red thing was from an issue of A&P Quarterly where they interviewed them. Uh, that's an awesome issue. It was, it was the first, it was before uh, Ben Jones and paper red kind of hit the big time. And so, you know, for me, I was way interested in that. I love the, the early mini comics that they did or, and also just the Ben Jones mini comics. But, um, so that was cool. And then the Jack Kirby thing, again, it's just like, like what, what is the inspiration lying around in my studio and how in some, you know, kind of offhand way does that all inform um, what I'm doing and, and the content, even if it's not, you know, even if there's no direct relationship between that particular image and what's happening in the quote unquote story or narrative. Now, um, while we're talking about that uh, site, I was going to say book, but not book, um, you mentioned Comets Comets, which I'd completely forgotten about. Um, it had been Good. a while. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so that was you, Blaze. Wasn't Austin English involved somehow, or am I just... Yeah, Austin, uh, it was, it was Blaze, uh, um, Jesse McManus, Austin English, 
me and White Shasta. I've met White Shasta. Uh, ah, me too. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I did not. I had not met White Shasta while Comets Comets existed. It was later that I met him. Uh, I was up for breakfast and uh, I forget who. What, what's his name? Um, the young comics critic that everyone loves. But he was like, "It's White Shasta, dude." Meet White Shasta. Like, hey, what's oh, up? oh, yeah, I know. I can't think of his name, Matt. Uh, yeah, Matt Seneca. Yeah, Matt Seneca. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like That's I would say the books. You know. That's hilarious. Um, what would you, what did you guys kind of want to have coming out of that? That was like a bit of a response to comics, comics. Yes. So was, was it a little bit of like being iconoclastic? A little bit. I mean, so you know. I loved Comics Comics. When Comics Comics came out, I thought it was awesome. Um, Frank Santoro's screeds were amazing. It was just a really refreshing um, part of like comics criticism that didn't take it to- itself too seriously, um, was interested in things that I was interested in. Uh, I thought it was great. And um, But, you know, Blaze and I had talked about starting a... Uh, uh, comics, like a comics criticism blog, and so initially, Comets Comets was called Comix Comix, C-O-M-I-X and you know, that was like like Arch Spiegelman's um, his definition of comics like a co-mixing of images and text, and which I think, I actually really like that, that definition of comics more than like the more i think formalistic um one that came out of understanding comics and you know a lot of a lot of theory that that existed in the 90s and and the early aughts but but anyway so so we called it that and then frank (laughs) santoro emailed us and he's like hey guys what's going on and so we changed it to comments comments it was completely legitimate on his part um but it was kind of funny and so but then it was more just like 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 us wanting to talk about things that we were interested in and engage with with comics and the comics community and 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 theory in in a way that wasn't didn't we didn't think existed maybe like in in a in a more art damaged way or a way that's that's more informed by um by if not contemporary art, relatively contemporary art. Yeah. Um, and and so well, that that was what it was about. And then it, and then it became like a really you know one of the things that was always awesome about comics comics was that um, the comments were a big part of it, and that that happened on comics comics too. I mean I don't know if that really exists anymore to that degree on blogs, but um, but we had a really healthy group of of regular commenters um and it was just fun it was a really fun thing to do um one of the things i guess maybe a failing in in dan nadel um i love every you know big fan of picture box but his even his art coverage was always kind of related to what he was publishing or what was kind of part of that dialogue wait um, with, with even with comics, comics like what Dan was interested in was was what he had his hand in. I think 
and and I think you know that was part part of the impetus too for comics comics was that um, at at a certain point comics comics the blog uh, I hope people are are getting the different different <laughs> words here but Danny Dell's blog started to become more about <laughs> um, things things like art out of time um, that he was working on or or things things that were about just older cartoonists and. I feel like in comics, comics, there was a point where it it was it became a lot of it became about treating original comics art as art, and I feel like I was at a point in my thinking and in my life where, to me, it, I I was felt almost the exact opposite, where it was more interesting to think of of you know fine art like art with a capital A. Um, how to incorporate that into comics in some way. Um, and, and so we diverged a little bit. And I think, I think what comet comets comets represented at the time, um, was something that, that spoke to some people. I mean, like a really small subset of art comics people, I think were really interested in that idea. Um, so I thought it was cool. It was really fun to do. Now is that site, totally disappeared yes i think i have all the posts that i that i did um up i think all the posts that i did are up on my blog on my website right now um and it's possible that blaze has his somewhere still but then at the at the very end of the website it just became white shasta um doing weird things with html and uh I don't know that there's any um that there's any like that that exists anywhere. Yeah. Um that's too bad. Yeah. Uh I like seeing I don't know it it the timing up plays an interesting role because I mean comics are extremely different even now. Mm-hmm. I mean this is what 5 6 years later. Mhm. Totally. Um and just how I still think it's important to be having these discussions and maybe that's what's neat about what you're kind of um have going in portland with sean doing grid lords uh, which which i really uh think is is exciting is just um how comics can play all these different roles um and be seen in different ways and challenged in different ways yeah i agree i i think you know i i don't I really um, don't engage a whole lot in comics right at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably haven't for a while. And a lot of it's a money thing. I just don't have money to buy a lot of comics. And uh, um, and and I'm just not as interested in stuff anymore. I mean, there is, there is some cool stuff coming out. Um, Sean himself is awesome. And uh, does he's insanely prolific. Does cool things all the time. Um, Austin English is incredible. Um, Scott Longo, Andy Burkholder, like almost anything coming out of 2D, it, 2D Cloud is uh, is something I really like. But um, but there's just not a lot a lot of stuff that I'm heavily interested in right now. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about your book for a bit. Sure. Um, being being. Uh, or the being being <laughs> either one either one um it it's a neat mix in that all your stories are very different in there 
and I'm wondering about yourself as you approach a new story. Um, is that do you kind of look at okay? Well, we we're talking about how drawing characters and changing how you're drawing, but this is like the full story itself. They're all very different, have a very different style, very different feel. Um, but I wonder that importance to you. Yeah, I feel like um, it's never something that, or, or it's rarely something that I seek out. Um, it's more, the, my process is, uh, is really long, generally. It takes me a long time to do stuff. Um, and I will start with some idea, um, and sometimes it's vague and sometimes it's concrete, and just kind of go with it. And then over the course of making the strip, I change my mind about things. It becomes else. And so I kind of let it go and do what it wants to do rather than trying to control it too much. And so that's why, you know, some of the strips are, um, uh, you know, only words. Some of the strips are no words. Um, some are very... Uh, um, I don't know, the imagery took a long time to make and some, the imagery is, is more spontaneous. And so it just kind of depended on the work and like what it needed to be. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because like you'll have like these really sparse things followed by a panel where you just put like a million lines in <laughs> into like drawing a face. Um, that person. Well, that, that juxtaposition too. You know, I like, I feel like there's, um, there was a Tim Hensley strip in this comics journal winter special from either the late nineties or the early aughts. I can't remember, but anyway, it was just really funny because it had a, a panel with a, um, like a really cartoonally rendered face, like very simple, um, and graphic. And then in the next panel, it was a more quote unquote realistic, version of that person and it was so it was just really it, it looked like like a rendering you know of what that cartoon character would look like in real life and it was so awful <laughs> it, to me it was hilarious that juxtaposition was so funny and so you know i'm not always going for humor but i think but i like i like that idea of like it can, you know, what does it look like like this? And then what does it look like in this crazy other way? And how do those work together? Now, your longer story in here, um, Exploding Headman, mm -hmm. I think it's like half the book is that story, isn't it? Yep, yep. Um, how long ago did you do that one? So I worked on that for two or three years um, in, I mean, almost... At this point, it's like 13 or 14 years ago. I think I started it in 2001, and 2001 or 2002, and I finished it in 2004. Um, so I worked a long time on it, and this the stuff that that I, I redrew almost every single page multiple times. Um, there's lots of pages that aren't in the book, um, so it was like. It was it was drawn over a long period of time, and I also included some some of the pages in there are the earliest versions of the pages, um, and I thought that was kind of cool too to have things in there that were purposely kind of bad. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was that was interesting, and just to show 
that process, but not have it be incredibly linear. Mm-hmm. Where they just like intermixed in the middle somewhere. Right, exactly. Now there's um, a big part of that story for me is actually, it's also your most, uh, where a lot of the work in there is your most uh, kind of regular comic looking, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Um, how is that for you kind of doing was that something purposeful at the time? Like, I'm going to make something more kind of expected from a modern indie cartoonist? So I think at the time it was more like, like that was almost, it wasn't quite the first longer form comic I'd done. But like I said, when I was in, um, when I was in college, I was actually pretty afraid to do comics or it was just daunting to me. And so I never did it. And, uh, and then um, after college, kind of just didn't do much of anything for a few years. And then I, I started getting into a regular habit of going to cafes and, and drawing every day. And then I said, you know, I decided that if I was going to do that, I might as well put it to some use. And so I did, I drew one um, strip that was like 30 pages that... Um, is really like rudimentary, uh, and then and then after that I drew Exploding Headman, and so okay. it's really just like an early version of me trying to make comics, and and that's why there are a lot of uh, it feels a lot more like you know at least some parts of it or some ways that it's drawn feel a lot more like things that existed at the time um, or you know more older versions of what people consider comics. So would you say, like, um, one of the later stories of the book, Solipistic Cosmology, I hope I got that right, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, would that be kind of more standard of what you're going towards? Towards now? So now, I don't know. I kind of, <laughs> um, you know, it's funny, I, like, I feel like that, that was a period where um, it, was, it was really a middle period for me. And I feel like now I'm going toward stories like what the being being um, the first story in the book um, that are much more simplified and yeah. programmatic and uh, uh, like actually a more a slicker style. If it's my version of what that slick style is, um, I, I've been much more interested in doing things like that lately. Now, um, are you going to be doing any events coming up over the fall for the book? I, I don't you... think so. <laughs> are you not going to Short Run? No, no, I would love to go to Short Run, but unfortunately it happens to be on Halloween. Oh, that's right, and it's yeah. it's in Seattle, and so I would have to not go trick-or-treating with my daughters, and I would I have to go trick-or-treating with my daughters. That's super important. So um, I'm not going to do that. And I'll probably do something next year um, with Sean, uh, but there's nothing on the on the near horizon. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining me today, Jason. Sure, uh, I really appreciate it, and like I said, I really loved your book, uh, and I hope other folks check it out. Uh, being being from um, Grid Lords, uh, I think you can probably get it online, get it Floating World. I know uh, John Porcelino's Spit and Half has it, and I'm hoping places like The Beguiling and 
other fine comic stores will be getting it too. But I have no idea. I can't read their minds. Guys, order the book. It's fantastic. Um, thank you so much, Jason. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. Cool. Thanks so much, Robin. He was a prominent scientist of chemicals you didn't know. Uh-oh, use the rock to disagree. Cause Bobby said to Bang, 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 exploding it. Bang, 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 exploding it. Bang, 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 like dancing to the man who explodes some dead. If I use the top of my head, I would want to explode and make everyone dead. Bang, 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 exploding it. Bang, 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 exploding it. Bang, 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 exploding it. Then come up someday. Although he has an Achilles heel, you'd better stay away. Bang, 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 exploding it, man. Bang, 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 red star trek dead, man. Gonna blow up someday. Trust my job, you're gonna die. Bang, 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 exploding it, man. Bang, 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 exploding it, man.